0: Hey, I'm Nellie S, the Story Collector, and this is The Courage 1000 Project, the show where we share personal stories of inner courage from all around the world to inspire you to find your own. In today's episode, we're talking with the beautiful Connie Kiss about how to ride the storm and not fight it. Now, a bit about Connie. She was an immigrant daughter, so Connie is no stranger to hard work. Um, She's got lots of perseverance and a very passionate dream about living a prosperous life. She enjoyed a successful profession in education support for over 18 years and then changed career directions, carving a niche for herself in music as a singer, songwriter and radio producer. So a big change for her. The road to success, however, was not always smooth. Growing up and into early adulthood, she faced challenges that included abuse of different types. But she managed to overcome her troubles, marrying the man her dreams. Six years into her music career, at the break of her fourth album, things changed. She was diagnosed with stage three cancer. During that dark period of treatment, her father suffered a heart attack, then a stroke, and was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Three months after his slow, prolonged demise and eventual death, her mother followed suit with a stroke and early dementia. The emotional and physical strain on her family during this time was very intense but all the while Connie laboured to keep her music profile moving forward and dealing with her own health issues at the same time. She has survived it all through strong faith and a deep belief in self and this she shares very very openly and honestly in the interview. So the first question I always ask is why? Why
1: do you want to share this story with everybody? Well, it, it was an interesting question when you you actually asked me on, on paper because I basically really made me think about what it was that I wanted to and I guess it always comes back to us or me and yeah. I think I wanted to share the story because um, I feel that uh, we... Negativity and angst, and all of these things that our lack of self confidence and, and our self talk, and all this negative stuff when you go through some real traumas, it's quite toxic to our psyche. So, I felt that it was so important for me to also share my story that there can be good news at the end of that dark tunnel, you know. So and where does and your story from, begin then? Um, pardon? Where does your story begin then? Oh, well, it starts a long time. Migrant family. Um, so you basically, um, you know, as a child, I, uh, my parents worked long, long hours, long hours. Um, I was born in Copenhagen and uh, migrated when I was two years old. And during that time, too, you know, my parents had to rely on friends and, uh, you know, their extended community. So I guess in my little thing, you know, I I had a few little challenges as a child. um, I was abused sexually by a neighbour, you know, one of these uh, family friends who picked me up from school. Um, And I think that shaped how I saw myself later on in life, you know? Yeah. I did face my that demon, I'm okay, I'm over all that, you know, and I can actually yeah. talk about it. Um, and then, you know, but as a teenager and uh, as a, an, a young adult, we're, we're pretty bad as teenagers and young adults. We usually have a self-destruct button regardless. You know, we're full of... <laughs> it's <laughs> full of stuff, in, isn't it? <laughs> I know. And it's, you know, so I... I, I had incidences where you know I was in in a, a, a quite a physically abusive relationship with my boyfriend. I I'm pretty sure that it, it all came back to my own self esteem about what I my worthiness my sense of worthiness who I left was it in your
0: life. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, and so you know, but I also. Um, you know, I had a degree and I had done psychology as a master, uh, not a master major. And it was one of those things where I thought, I can't let this get on top of me. You know, um, I recognized a lot of things. And, um, so, you know, I'm one of those lucky people who are in a toxic relationship where I could see I needed to get out and get away and not repeat that same that same uh, okay. relationship, you know, and and so you know there was that. But during that time, I also, you know, was pretty would would be pretty reckless, you know, not very kind to myself um, at all. And uh, but uh, things sort of changed. Uh, I did get a haircut and a real job. <laughs> and that works. That helps a lot. <laughs> and I. Um, I used my certainly my degree in psychology. I also had a post grad in teaching, and I worked with children with disabilities. And during that t- period of time, um, I got to recognise a lot of things in terms of the value of life, and uh, you know uh, where we stand in perspective. And I I, beca- I started on this little journey of self awareness, if you wish, you know, because. I was stressed out of my brain, um, and I was just so uptight about life and things like that and um, and but also during that time, I met a wonderful man um, the man that, who was the diametric opposite to my abuser and because uh, I knew what i I knew what I needed and wanted and out of life after that first experience and so um, Things were great, you know. I had my job, and I was doing my yoga, and I was, you know, singing in bands, you know, for my for my release, and playing music with the kids, and and everything was great. And then I ended up. Um, uh, am I talking too much, or are you supposed no. to ask questions?
0: No, keep going. <laughs> if I need to ask a question, I'll interrupt. I, I'm loving
1: what you're saying. <laughs> so, um, so you know, I. Life was good and uh, I didn't want to did. sort of, we, I don't have children. This is, goes back again. I'm zigzagging a bit. I had a, uh, as a teenager, I was in a pretty severe car accident. I was hospitalised for five weeks, fractured oh. pelvis and uh, uh, all those things. Flown from, the, it was an outback um, accident and I was flown to Sydney by air ambulance, which are a wonderful uh, service, you know. So uh, I I went down the path of not having children, Um, but that was okay because I got lots of hugs and uh, all my nurturing needs were met working with children with disabilities. And so life was pretty good at this stage. As I said, it was pretty demanding. So I did my yoga for a release and all the rest and um, had long service leave. And at the time I was still doing music, but not serious music, but uh, music for release. And then, um, so I had long service leave and my yoga friends and that and um, yoga teachers came to me and start, uh, and we did a recordings and I ended up um, doing all the doodle music on the back of their meditation music and things <laughs> like that. And I thought, oh, I really like this music business. <laughs> I like the, the joy of music. And um, so I had a little shift in career. And midlife I, I had been teaching for 18 years um and at 50 i decided i was going to step out of my comfort zone which was my real job and my haircut and and all this and uh, pursue my passion in music well that's a pretty hard thing when you when you're 50 and you're playing <laughs>
0: in a very
1: competitive industry yes <laughs> and it's all about youth
0: and beauty and all the rest it is so, a very shallow industry on the face of it yes
1: Yeah, so I basically, um, you know, decided to, um, you know, that I was going to face all that and I had to have an identity in terms of who I was. Yeah. Um, And then, um, you know, I basically became, you know, a songwriter, not became, I was always a songwriter, but began pursuing my music passion with more fervour and you uh,
0: that title
1: yes and I wanted I thought how am I going to do this because I thought oh um you know th- there's no I was so self-conscious about being mature aged and I thought nobody's going to want to talk to someone my age you know And so I went down this path of songwriting So, because that's a a good thing. You can hide behind your songwriting and you can, you know, send it off. You send your demos off to everyone and you're not out on the public face. Long story short, one of my songs got a lot of interest by quite some big names and I ended up getting um, invitations to record because I was the singer on the demo. Congratulations. Um, Yeah, thank you. (laughs) And so anyway... So now I was in thick. I was you know uh, uh, and I'd gotten a grant from the West Australian Department of Culture and the Arts, and uh, halfway through my long distance recording project, my the producer in Nashville died, and so here we go again. It was like one more obstacle, but um, so I just decided to pursue it with quite some fervor and but I, but the obstacles are, are, are there, as you know, because. Yes. You're 50 years old, um, you're in a competitive field and it really is about saying um, I'm an example for others not to lose sight of their dreams or, okay. you know, be an example for others. But that really came to the test um, uh, and and here's the crux of the story, I guess, because this all leads up to I had uh, worked really hard, invested in my uh, music, my husband was my rock. He had all the faith in me. So that was great for me to, to get there. But um, the, the the crux came when I invested in my fourth album, spent quite, and it was going to be my breakthrough album because I finally had found my confidence to put my stamp to my music. and So I'd, I had finally found, um, you know, this breakthrough album and literally a month afterwards... I was diagnosed with uh, stage three colorectal cancer. Whoa. So there, and and the, and at that stage, that was when everything, where all my values and all my uh, beliefs and all my self-worth and all of that was really challenged, yes. really challenged in terms of who I was, what I had to do to get through it, um, you know, what life was dishing out to me. And it was like, ah, oh, can I do this? And and I really at stages felt I just, you know, couldn't do this anymore. I just couldn't do it. I invested my whole heart and soul, my savings, all of this stuff. And uh, so, you know, um, not only was the, the colorectal cancer was stage three, as I said. And so basically they, um, so you what's know. stage three about? what's Like what does so that stage, mean? Stage three means it's metastasizing. So it's already in your lymph system. Okay. So, so that means that the next stage, stage four, tumours are developing in other parts of your body. They're carried, the, uh, the cells are carried through your lymph system to other parts and, they, you know, wherever they like to plant themselves to create a tumour. So stage three, it's moving through your system. It's already started to spread. And so that meant um, removing the tumour, which meant uh, uh, I don't know how much they took of my colon, but basically taking out my colon, having a bag, having an ileostomy bag, having six months worth of chemo every other week, um, which was like a three-day thing where you had, um, you went in, you got your dose of chemo at the hospital, then they sent you home with a, a bottle literally hanging, up, hanging off your, your chest because they had a port. And, um, and then there was like um, not only that, then you went back the next day, but then I also developed deep vein thrombosis where the port was in my chest and so then I was having, uh, you know, daily injections for seven months and... Yeah. So so I'm dealing with all this personal thing and thinking what, the why me questions. Yeah. Why, you know, and my faith, you know, I've always, you know, despite obstacles that I've had before, I've always looked on the bright side, you know, and yeah. things like that. and And then during that my father had a heart attack then he had a and, and i just finished then he had a stroke and then he was developed, then he was diagnosed with alzheimer's and diabetes and he was an amputee anyway from a car accident and it was just wow. um World piled everything onto you didn't it yes it was it was literally all, and, and it sort of w- was fairly intense because my dear mum, she didn't want to put my father into a home, so the um challenges were to not just support dad but support mum. And um, you know, fortunately, I had a sister who was very keen to uh, you know, support them. So she, when I was touring, she was there for them, and um. You're yeah it, it really on your music or your
0: career when all that's happening you you're focused on everything else but
1: absolutely so then you've got this whole thing where you've invested all of this energy all of this money all of yourself all of your family you've made so many financial sacrifices yeah. uh you know to pursue your dream and uh, and and so you really basically under that pressure to make things work you know sort of so it was a struggle you know and yeah so not only was I you know instead of moving to where the music was which I had intentions to do I got visas to go to the U.S. and everything that all went on hold and basically everything went on hold and it was just treading water to to get there and the challenge is, is saying this too shall pass and this too will, this too will pass. So, like you think some, there were some days where I just thought this is never going to end, you know. Yeah. And then when my f- dad finally passed, three months later, my mum had a stroke and then it all started oh. again. <laughs> so so it was you had a chance to breathe
0: and by that stage you're only just getting over the grief and it hits again.
1: Well, it wasn't just grief. Um, it, it, there was like I couldn't even celebrate like my own health as in finishing my chemo you know uh, going through I don't I didn't sort of mention that I also was legally blind at one stage because um, the steroids that had been administered um, actually encouraged the growth of the catar- of cataracts that um oh. and so I had to have surgery for that but that was that was minor <laughs> In, in, in comparison things, to so, everything else yeah <laughs> but a mere flesh wound <laughs> but yes yeah, so, so it was one of those things where um and then of course it, it just went on because in the end to accommodate my mother we we ended up uh pulling down our our bathroom which was not suitable for for uh for a disabled person and in in that doing because it 's an eighty five year old house, it became like an onion, and so we ended up moving out of our house in the middle of all this as well, so it 's like, oh my gosh so that 's my story in a nutshell, but i 'm smiling now, so that's i guess that 's the
0: point. point Did you get to go
1: back to your music then well, I kept the music i 'm only going getting back to my music in, in in with the same fervor that I had originally. I kept my music going. I, I released two more albums and um you know but but it was I can assure you it was it was like stressful and, and you know because it was one of those things it was like almost obligatory because otherwise the, the business of music is very shallow, it's all smoke and mirrors. If you're out of the game for a little while, you're you've forgotten your old news, you know, you yeah. you have to You have to basically have a presence all the time. I guess one of the good things uh, that happened uh, just before I just released my album in in Nashville and it was during Fan Fest and um, uh, Country Music Radio Nashville uh, were interviewing me and they basically said um, they were looking for an Australian um, broadcaster to uh, do an all Australian show for them. And they asked me, would I be interested? And I'm going, oh, no, no, no. You know, I'm not, I, I, I don't know anything about radio, blah, blah. And uh, anyway, um, I contacted the, uh, one of the DJs that I did know because I put a whole lot of names forward. And he, um, he had had an Australian segment but he'd left and so they were looking for someone to replace him. And so basically um, he said, no, no, do it, do it, do it. So I had committed to doing this radio show um, uh, before I found out that I had cancer and so that was one of the ways that kept my profile going but I can assure you with chemo brain it was the hardest thing I had ever done because I'd I i could not string words together at some stages when I was doing had the chemo sessions you know but I was awake all night because of the steroids <laughs> so I guess it worked <laughs> you know? I can laugh at it now I can assure you but not then yeah
0: So through all of this, where do you think you were most courageous? Like, where did it present the most for you? Because there's so many different elements to your journey. I know. Courage to you would have a very
1: different meaning to maybe somebody else. It does, you know, because one of the things that I learned, um, you know, your emotions it like, I can assure you, I'm I might be smiling now, but your emotions are like a roller coaster. They go, they're, they're just they go up, down, up, down, and and intense, very intense. And one of the in, in terms of courage, people say to me, Oh, be strong, be strong, be strong. And and that to me was one of the things that was a fallacy and fight this, fight this, fight this, don't one of the things i really learned in terms of courageousness was to be honest and cry yes cry yes. when you felt like crying yeah um yeah. you know acknowledge how if you feel crappy just acknowledge it and don't say i'm okay when you're not okay it was it was there were times it was very not okay you know it was like definitely times where i just you know just was not coping and could not cope and it's but to actually say to yourself this has got knobs on it i don't like this rather than yeah i'll be fine mate you know and uh, you know i'll fight this that to me is the worst type of courage because it's it's not addressing the real you inside of here you know
0: and And that's so important not courage that's bravery it's mask it's illusion whereas
1: courage is truth correct and i really believe that courage is being honest with yourself and courage is even sometimes you know uh, one of the lessons i really learned through this you know when i was talking about the things that shaped me as a child and my self-loathing you know uh, that carried through as a young adult what i learned through this was you got to look at the little person the person you are inside the i am and love the spirit who you are and it might feel weird but you have to embrace yourself and say you know how much you have to be and it's not narcissistic it's about caring about you yep. uh, the i am the spirit the whoever you are I so important radical
0: self love It's not this bubble baths, It's radical self love.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's that was, you know, I mean, as as as, uh, the grief was still very strong just recently, um, you know. But and that's where I think I had my crises and had to write all these things and get them out and thought now I've got to face all my demons. I mean, during my cancer journey, I went to the look good, feel good. Uh, workshops that they offer wonderful support, and they also have counselling support. And th- having a degree in psychology, I recognise when it's time that I need some help. Yeah. Going to a counsellor is just something that is good mental health, just as you would take vitamins. You know, it's uh, it's something that if, it's the acknowledgement that I am not coping. I need some help. I need to to you know get out there and, and get some help, someone, you know, from a professional, not from anybody who's got loaded emotional noise as well. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. you go seek it from the right people. Yeah. And uh, they were wonderful, you know. And, 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 you know, this whole idea of my, all my spiritual and, 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 and personal values was so challenged during this time, yeah. you know. Yeah. What do you think was challenged the most? Wow. I, a big uh, question, uh, I know. <laughs> well, that certainly is a big question because I can assure you um, yeah, things that, things pale into insignificance. For me, the biggest challenge was to love myself, was to actually say, get a grip, Connie. You're okay. You know, you're, this is, you're okay. You're going to, the, the courage in terms of um, the each, each, each uh, incident and each thing that, there, I mean, there was courage to venture out into the world as a musician at a mature age. There was, you know, there's courage to uh, undergo the, the chemo, you know, face that, that fear because it is a fear and it's real. Um, but the real courage, I guess the real courage was to actually recognise that fear and all, these, all all this emotional stuff was, was actually being toxic to my, my mind, this negative self-talk, this anxiety. Uh, the anxiety is there. The fear is there. Embrace it. The real courage was to actually say to, to love yourself. I think that's the real courage, you know, to, to get there and love yourself. You know? I love it. I
0: love it. I completely agree. And my philosophy is that you've got to go through the three stages of self-awareness, radical self-love and courage. And that's yes. exactly what you said. You started with self-awareness and then got yes. to the point where you had to love yourself.
1: Yes. And then have the courage yes. to then go back out into life. And the, actually, and this is where the courage is really, ca- because I'm pretty well laying my demons out in public. I was very private about this. I, I didn't talk. Uh, I didn't being the musician. I didn't make my uh, my cancer story known until after the fact, because I felt, and I'm a believer that what you focus on expands. And was like, holy dooly, I've got to focus on me and get, get through this first. And I wanted my I wanted my social media to focus on my music. I did not want them to focus on me, you know, sort of on my health issues. And I wanted the music to stand alone. Um, so um yeah so there's that that i don't know what that was off on a tangent but yeah that was part of that self-awareness and and love but the but the the courage was to face my demons put them out there now publicly you know um in terms of and just let them go boof (laughs) disappear And that final part of healing to have the courage to share
0: your story with other people so they can then start the process themselves
1: Correct, and and I actually believe that I really think it's quite cathartic, the healing part because it's like you, you heal or you, you you might get some sort of you've got scars. We've all got storms in our life, and we've all got scars, and we've all got this garbage that we tote around with us, right? Yep. And, and 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 it's like wow, now we just got to throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to come back next week and my garbage bin's going to fill up a bit. But, you know, it's time to, you know, just lay them out there and go, nah, you know. And even with, you know, the world state that's going on at the moment, I can see that on a global scale. Everyone's fearful, fearful, fearful. I am too. But, you know, we have to just surrender to that and trust ourselves that we will survive this, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, I think that's uh, the key. It's facing the fear and not just burying it or hiding or ignoring it, but saying, yeah. yes, I am scared of this thing, but that's okay.
1: And you know what? And, and it's it, it not only is it, can you say to yourself it's okay, but you feel the fear and do it anyway. It's yeah. like, whoa, you know, and I'm, that's a cliche, I know. but like, <laughs> No, I completely get it, yep. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, huh, step out of your comfort zone. Step out of, you know, what you think should be, because it's never gonna be a should. It's just is. And one of the you know, I I got back to well if you can see behind me, I've got meters of shelves of self awareness books and things like that. But one of the things is, you know, surrender to the situation and just, you know, deal with it cards that are dealt don't have expectations of uh, people around you and family do uh, because they will have their own issues we have to just we have to be kind to each other acknowledge this whatever is going on inside of us and say my gosh you know and and then and then go well my gosh but i'm going to try anyway you know and 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 get out there and and i think the final thing is to know that this too shall pass you yeah. know what that's always one of my favorite mottos this too shall pass it will pass whatever you're going through good or bad will pass you know i and love it i love it yeah <laughs> yeah that was a, like a you know a little roller coaster thing gone
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i believe the same that and that we go through cycles to see if we've learned the
1: lesson Ah, yes, indeed, because that's big cycles in your story right now. Yeah, lots of big (laughs) cycles. I can assure you. Yes, and and I reckon the time when I uh, when with the diagnosis, the cancer diagnosis, that was a big test of my faith. Huge test. And I'll have to share. Maybe I, I will share with you one of the things that I did too, Oh, I went through my anti faith things, you know, like why me and you know you've you've deserted me and all this. But it didn't last very long. When I knew I was going on in for major surgery and I knew I had this uh, this whole thing ahead of me, one of the uh, things I did was I have the luxury of being a musician, so. I have the luxury of having recording equipment and things like that. I wrote down all my affirmations. I wrote down all my fears and then I recorded them in my own voice and I took some music that uh, was in public domain because you can't get it anymore, but music that I resonated with and, put, and made a meditation tape. And I played and it started with my spiritual prayers and affirmations, healing affirmations, personal growth affirmations, all of these things. And I, uh, from the time before I went in for surgery, and the first thing I said apparently when I, when they t- took me to my room, I said, let the healing begin, um, was one of the first things I said. And a pa- and And then basically put these headphones on and they were on and it was on a repeat cycle. It was on... Twenty-four-seven in that first week, my doctor said to me, "I have never seen anyone recover as well as you," and I was fifty-seven at the time. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, "I have never had a patient recover as well as you." When I first the the surgery was, um, I had all sorts. of, Everybody goes through major surgery, so you know, people. Can, my story's not, a, a, you know, alone. I'm not alone. But when I first uh, Because I had a bag, so basically what they do is uh, uh, they cut off your plumbing. Basically, so you have a bag where you the contents. An ileostomy is like a colonos, uh, uh, can't even say it now. Colon, uh, colostomy bag. It's an ileostomy is like that, except that it's at the end of your ileum, which is just uh, the small intestine. So it's emptying all the contents of your stomach into a bag, um, and basically. You have no bowel movements, and I didn't have for seven um, months uh, mm. because um, they want. What they did was they removed my colon and then made an artificial colon out of my intestine by twisting uh, wow. my plumbing around and yada yada. So it had to heal, but it doesn't heal so well with chemo. So that's why the long period. Um, mm. So I had this bag. Um, which was not pleasant. I can assure you it was not pleasant, um, but I'm here to complain about it. So it was definitely uh, a, a blessing. Yeah. And um, so this bag, uh, the uh, when the, the nurses came in, so this bag is very important, bottom line, after your surgery, it was five and a half hours of the surgery, very important that everything is working okay. So that's one of the key things straight after your surgery. Well, and they have what they call stoma nurses. So it was a stoma that I had, which was my intestine was sticking out of my, my side and it was into the bag. So, and it was emptying out uh, into the bag and this little stoma was there. And the stoma nurses came to see me the next day and I had changed my clothes. I was not in my PJs. I had a few things sticking out of me. And they couldn't believe my colour. And I'd had this tape on all night. What I, and I also had my guitar, because I believe in music, that, that was in my room. And I was out. It, the recovery from this sort of surgery and this sort of procedure is about 14 days in the hospital. I was out just over a week. And oh. so getting back to your faith being challenged... And all your, your things. That was where my crunch, one of my crunches was in terms of my faith. So I can, cont- in terms of my personal growth and faith, to put this all on tape and to um, believe that that was going to help me heal. And it did. So there. So wow. I guess that's my greatest. I guess, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You've been through so much yet. You can smile and you're so happy. Well, yeah, I guess. I well, what I say to people is that. (laughs) (laughs) What I actually say is that, um, you know, people say, "How are you?" and I go, "I'm okay." If no one wants to hear me, if I complain anyway, so so it's not about complaining. And I can assure you, I have these, you know, as I said, these moods and all the rest. But um, I, and I don't being positive really means. So, you know, when I say be positive, when people say, you know, you've got to be positive, it's not about, yeah, yeah, I'll get through this. It's about, it really was about, you know, going, what can I do to help me? Yes, That's been positive. What can I do? How am I going to get there? You know, what? So, I, this is, these are all the things I did. You know, I would have my drinks with my husband every night, pre dinner drinks. And then, you know, my oncologist said to me, are you drinking? And I went, yes. (laughs) He said, well, stop, because, you know, they do blood tests and when you do chemo, basically they're, they're reducing, they're killing off all your cells in your body because your cancer cells are the weakest and everything will grow back okay. And she said, well, stop it because your liver can't handle drinking. So I stopped. You do everything for you. You know, you've got to love you and do, and do what you have to do, you know. Is that so how that, you would define
0: courage then, that it's the courage to do what's right for you,
1: like what would, what's your definition of courage? Well, I guess my de- definition, I, I think I wrote a whole lot of stuff, you know, <laughs> when I was trying to think about my definition. But my definition of courage is being true to you, being kind to you, loving you, being able to love you uh, and, and doing those things, um, being honest with you. So being honest with yourself about who you are, what you need to do, and and I'm not talking about this person that's looking at you or that little camera up there. I'm talking about this person that sits behind me and is feeling all these things, and uh, recognizing that the because you know, and some people go, oh, I couldn't live with myself, right, right. You had that. Well, who's the other person that you're living with, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's like we have our, our, our presenting person and our personality that gets and tangoes through life, but we have our inner spiritual person and that's the person we need to also acknowledge, love, and nurture. And you've got to nurture yourself. So that's my courage, I guess, to be able to even recognize that it needs to, you know, and do something about it to nurture
0: that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I think that's everything up just perfectly. <laughs> oh,
1: good, good. I'm glad it did. And I do hope by sharing this I'll be able to, I really do hope that this will really help someone else, you know, I, I, um, because I do know those real deep moments where you're really, the depths of, the lows i really have been there and i do know them and i do know you can recover um i'm, I'm, a, I'm a living example
0: <laughs> do you feel you are destined to make an impact in this world but are struggling to find the courage to share your story jump over to melies.com.au for free training presentations and videos or simply stay tuned for the next episode of the courage 1000 project